Welcome back to the 21st Century Sideshow Podcast with Martika. This is episode four, part two of our interview with Hot Todd Lincoln, aka Todd Gardner. We go into more detail about gatekeeping versus protecting the craft in the sideshow world. <laughs> Through my own experiences, I love sideshow. Ever since I was a kid, I loved it. I always wanted to be a part of a traveling sideshow. I I would say it was about six years ago, maybe seven now, when I first reached out to all of the traveling sideshows I could find <laughs> in the USA. I emailed everyone I could find, messaged everyone I could find because I wanted to be a part of it. I was like, you know what? I've already been doing it part-time for a long time. I was in that range of where I was shifting to be full-time, but not quite. I was still finishing getting my associate's degree as a veterinary technician, but I was pretty much almost finished with college and like, you know what? I just want to take a break from all of this corporate world and I want to do my passion, something I wanted to do. But I reached out to a lot of them and my goal for reaching out was I want to be a part of this experience. I understand that choosing this path, I'm going to have to fit the bill, find it to the travel to be there, maybe even to stay there, getting home. I had mapped up everything in my head. And this is a lot for someone in their 20s. To, yeah, no, absolutely. To, to, to I've, always, I've always been very impressed by your, like, your tenacity on the business side of it. Um, Thank you. But, no, it, and truly, I'm not saying that because like I'm on your show and thereby I should be. <laughs> that's that's not it at all but you can tell me to fuck off on my show i don't care (laughs) you're just the first ones (laughs) if if there was if there was need to i I might but but (laughs) i'd say it's true like your tenacity and like going after it um be it a skill set be it a a booking be it a uh, Mm -hmm. a, a, uh, level of booking right like you know going i mean you know or like what kinds of bookings you'll do and and what kinds of things yeah i mean you are you're a force and it's, and it's something I've always been very impressed with and not so secretly jealous of like, man, how do I do that? I want to do some of this stuff. Right? I'm not paying him to say this, by the way. No, he's not a plant. Believe me, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> there are no checks in the mail. There's no PayPal or Venmo going anywhere right now. But I yeah. Ju- I appreciate hearing that. And I just am so passionate about the things that I'm passionate about. Right. But ultimately my experiences was that the, and at that level, my skill level, I didn't know how to sort well. I still had quite a few stunts under my belt. I'm not going to list them all. Um, that's silly. But the, the point of that I'm trying to make is that every person I reached out to didn't want to have me involved for whatever reasons that that may be, which it, it's whatever. It really doesn't matter. Um, but one person I vividly remember, I'm not saying names because it's not necessary, means nothing. Um, in the end, I grew out of this experience, but when I contacted the person, that person had posted a listing saying they wanted fresh entertainers. They wanted people who are passionate about the, the job. You know, they want right. people who's going to be here for the experience and not thinking they're going to make money off of it. So that's like, great up my alley. I've already got money saved up. I'm ready to go. So I contacted the person and I was like, okay, let's do this. And that individual was like, sure, here, um, tell me some stuff about you, whatever, whatever. And then he's like, okay, we got to the point where he's like, oh, okay, maybe I'll bring you on. Let's talk some more about this. And I asked him, so what are some possible dates that I could consider coming out? I just want to make sure that I, I change my, my schedule, that I get things figured out ahead of time so I can come out there. And then right. that's when it was like a switch shut off or shut on and this individual is like no i don't want to work with you you're just some young millennial who thinks you don't have enough time to do this and i don't think you can handle it anyway and this person just basically went off just because i asked for some dates to make sure i could know when to go out i mean people have lives i have i have to make sure my loved ones know where I'm going at what time at, at, yeah, of the cool. month or something. It's totally logical to want to ask for the dates, <laughs> but the way yeah, this person think. went off and then was doing personal attacks because of my age, because I'm a woman. And it, it basically, I was almost to the level of saying to this individual, oh, well, have, I'm sorry for, <laughs> I'm sorry for offending you in some way. I don't, 
mean to be like that. I just want a chance, you know? And that was the, basically the end of the conversation is that he wanted, excuse me, they wanted nothing to do with me because uh, I, I guess I asked too many questions. And I think the point of this, me talking about this experience is that there are people in the field who simply shoot themselves in the foot by not reaching, not using people like me who want to give so much of my time and my effort, who have the passion for it and is doing everything in their power to show that they have the passion for this thing. And I mean, when I consider where I am now, you know, six, seven years later, I still feel like there was something that that individual could have learned from me. And then I could have learned from that individual by me being a part of that traveling uh, sideshow. But through not doing that, he was building up walls. He was, he was building up walls in a way that was saying, I don't want you a part of this thing. And I'm going to, in my mind, I consider that wasn't protecting the craft. I felt that was gatekeeping. And yeah. I think, and, and the- I would say mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, and it's like, you know, like I kind of started to make a joke earlier, but how dare you have an age Right, like it's such a weird thing to like a number. Yeah, I didn't tell my parents when to fuck and when to have me. I'm sorry, I'm a millennial. I can't help that. I'm not going to talk down on you because you're an older individual. You know, that's not my narrative, and it hasn't been my narrative. Right, and ever (laughs) it is just a number. I mean, there are yeah wise beyond their years, and then there are people who will, you know, live a long life, but in essence, die a child. Right, like they've never grown in in many ways, but. Um, but yeah, I think, I think there is something, uh, you know, as we move forward as a craft, mm-hmm. as, as a people, as a community, um, which is, you know, at times different levels of air quotes around community, right? Like there are, yeah. there, are definitely, there are definitely times where uh, there have been, and again, not mentioning any, any names or things of that nature, where people mm-hmm. have gone out of their way to be divisive, or they've gone out of their way to, to, where, where they may be passionate about a point that they have, it's kind of a scorched earth approach as opposed to it, any it, kind of compromise. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate, but that's, mm-hmm. there, you're going to get that in any, you know, I mean, I was talking about something that happened in another, another arena years ago and somebody had said something like, it doesn't matter if you've got a, a number of people that want to do the same thing, that are involved in doing the same kinds of things, there's going to be some some degree of drama because mm-hmm. you know like like you and I we get along famously you know um, and we always have mm-hmm. and and I think that's because we have you know mutual respect and know that um, you know where we're coming from mm-hmm. and that and that we both if if anything we if we fall then we try to fall upward we never try to like we 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 work on being better it's yeah skill set or or in a mindset or in a how we engage the community are within like the community of performers or our communities in terms of the world yeah you know, and that's, audience and mm-hmm. i think i think the more the more people recognize those that are doing that and embracing those that are doing that the better things usually are it's mm-hmm. the i've done this and and you can't do this i mean i've run into shows where somebody was doing something similar and they got very defensive about like this act that they really wanted to do mm-hmm. And like, and in a way, like you can't do it because I'm doing it. It's like I'm not sure that's the way that should work. That mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, it's like we can talk about it, and then we can compromise. And like, okay, I won't do this one if you want to do that one this time. Cool. And, and yeah, because I, in my mind, I want to give an audience, uh, like for example, like I wouldn't bring if you were going to be at a venue, I wouldn't bring my sword to the venue to sword swallow. Because, you can totally sword swallow. But, but there's a couple <laughs> reasons why. One is that there's a pretty long established history of people that look like me swallowing swords. There's not as established and long history of people that look like you swallowing swords. Mm-hmm. I, I want to give proper impact and do deference to the newness and to not not the newness, but the, the exotic nature of it or the the like this is something that is unusual even within our community. Mm-hmm. And something that that is um, well earned. So I, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to take that, like, take shine off of that polish, right? Or mm-hmm. like, if that makes sense. Like I, and and you know, and then there are other things that I would do differently, or that I would be, you know, like that's more my my jam 
is this to do this, mm-hmm. you know, and this is your jam. And it's like, hmm. how great if we could do them together, do things together that are like our, our strengths. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, because the audience never, yeah. I guess I never thought of it like that because I've done like busking festivals. I've the oddities and curiosities expo. I know that we've both done. Um, And I get booked with other sideshow performers and there's definitely times that our skill sets overlap or the the way we present something may slightly overlap in some way or another, but I still, uh, yeah. mm -hmm, There's only so many ways you can hammer a nail. Yeah. I don't actually do that act in my, I stopped doing it like almost every now and again, I'll do it, but I stopped doing it truly about gosh, four, maybe five years ago, just because a lot of people were doing it. And I didn't feel like I could present it in an innovative way that felt organic and natural to me. So I just pulled it um, for my show. But, um, but to just go on what you're saying really quick, I think that it's nice to have that contrast because people can see my personality more and understand more of why my show is cool or whatever. I think it's cool. Cool for the reasons why it's cool. And they can see like um, whoever duo act or group act. I end up working with a lot of um, duos or groups at those Mm -hmm. kinds of events. Um, Not a lot of one, one person shows, but I don't think that draws away from me and what encompasses my show. So I think if we ever share an event together, you should definitely bring your sword so that we can both swallow and both do videos together. Cause I love doing that. But but again, like I, I I try, I think the the spirit of what I'm saying Mm -hmm. lies right. And the fact that like we would have that discussion and then we would go and do it. Yeah. But in in mindset, like I don't, I don't want to pull the rug out from anyone and I don't want to elbow someone out of the way. Like, Oh, I can do that too. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't go to someone else's show and then explain to the person next to me like how the magic trick works. Like, yeah. Oh God, that would drive me crazy. I appreciate the fact that you are so conscious of that because a lot of people aren't. They don't think about it in that sense. Not saying that people need to constantly be tiptoeing around that kind of thing, but just being conscious of the fact that there's there's been a long ass history of people that look like, like you said, look like you right. and have been doing that stunt, that being able to use your platform, being able to use the stage or literal platform right. you're on to like, you know what, maybe I won't do this thing today because I want everyone to have their attention on this person that's doing it. I think that's right. really cool that you There was a, want there's to. an act I saw, Donnie Vomit and Heather Swallows. Right? Oh, I they're, love them. Yeah, they're, they're fantastic. <laughs> and and I, I was fortunate enough to see them at the Palace mm-hmm. Wonder when that was still a thing. But there was this, this one aspect of the act that always stuck with me. And it was a surprise. Like I knew Heather to be a sword swallower and I didn't really think about it. And I know that Donnie is also a sword swallower if, I, if I'm remembering mm-hmm. correctly. Right? And so there was a point where, where Donnie, well, it looked like Donnie was about to swallow this sword. Mm-hmm. And then what he did is he brought it up and then he stepped back, Heather stepped in front of him and he brought it down and then she swallowed the sword. Oh, so that's it was, cool. it was a beautiful fake out, right? Yeah. It was so unexpected. Uh, and, you know, I mean, there's, you know, and like you say, there's ways of presenting things, but like, but all of a sudden, like, here was the, you know, I mean, Heather Swallows is a, is a beautiful human. Like, it's mm-hmm. is a, is a inside and out. I've, I've never had a bad conversation or felt anything other than like, she, her being very gracious with her time yeah. and, and her attention and and very it didn't matter if there were 10 people in the room or 10,000 she was mm-hmm. going to you know give you the show that you came to see you know kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, but that but the the thing was it's like the way that she looked on stage it was almost mm-hmm. like the traditional magician's assistance kind of thing and then for her all of a sudden quite literally step into the spotlight and and swallow that sword was was spectacular and yeah and and, a, and and good on them for thinking of that i mean my my coach coach chris writer i'm gonna do another name drop as i've done with mm-hmm. Harley Newman, that, that's what we do right but he <laughs> he there was something uh, uh someone he worked with and uh this was in a a film i saw but but again not so many names in terms of this but mm-hmm. somebody was starting to do the strength stuff and they wanted to work on the showman aspect so they go into this bar and do like an open mic thing and they're like hey dude with your girlfriend like I bet you can't do this and it was like cringeworthy because he mm. totally called out this guy that was probably not his strong 
to mm-hmm. like in essence embarrass the guy in yeah. front of his girlfriend which is like you know awful. there's no reason to like we were saying earlier you want the audience to be on your side and you want them to have fun right. so if they're not having fun and you're just making fun of them for the sake of your enjoyment and only you're the one who's having fun what's the point you can what's just the point? right yeah and, you, and, go home and masturbate it's the same thing sure, <laughs> you know? sure. um although but don't necessarily do that on stage because that's yeah um, but yeah I, I think you're right but i think there is a certain i mean for for you know those who listen or that sort of thing like the the fact that like like you're saying mm-hmm. don't go and embarrass somebody and don't go after anybody yeah. I and mean, I think we've all we've all had times where somebody has like overstepped as far as volunteer and tried to make it their show and you have to be aggressive and take the show back mm-hmm. and like and and you know put your foot down I mean, I, I've, I've certainly had to do that in shows like my hundred feet of rope escape. You mm-hmm. remember that in the barn, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and so I Fun was doing times. And, oh, uh, I'll say really quick for people who don't know what we mean by the barn. The barn is in reference to where we did our sideshow training working with Harley Newman. And I feel like it's okay to talk about this publicly because lots of people in the sideshow world will mention the barn or the red barn or something like that. Right. So it's not necessarily like a hidden secret or anything. But yeah, it's not it's, it's, yeah no, you're right. You're As you were saying, Todd. Um, but yeah. Um, there was a guy that I was at, I, I was doing the, the thing at the venue and one of the guys was like, I, I picked him because he'd raised his hand like I need a couple of volunteers. And he was very like, very proud of the fact that he was wearing some kind of Shibari, like Shibari master oh. t-shirt or something. And so like, oh, oh you picked the wrong guy. Oh. And, and, and he's like trying to time me in such a way. And he's like, you're never getting out of this. And it was like, okay, okay. <laughs> Right. I mean, and it's like you throw the gauntlet down and I'm not I'm not going to be like, you know, if I can't get out in a normal situation and the hundred feet of rope. But for those that don't know, mm-hmm. you generally speaking, you would have this is for the, for the listeners because I know, you know, but, uh, mm-hmm. but if you have like a hundred feet of rope and I tend to use a loop around my neck, not not a sliding kind of thing, but just a loop um, so that. And then we're not going to be giving away actual stunts, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, <laughs> we're not teaching you how no. to do any of these things. We're just talking about them. Right. So, so basically, you have audience members tie you up, and then you mm-hmm. are able to get out in the time that it takes you, or you say, "I'm sorry." Like that's pretty much the way that it works. But it's mm-hmm. it's always exciting, and it's fun to to get the audience involved in that way. Well, this guy decided that he was going to be you know, kind of a aggressive and kind of like oh. condescending about because like uh-huh. clearly he knows ropes. And so in that case, you know, once they were done, once they were done tying me, it was not about like, oh, let me make this take some time and like mm-hmm. get really close to the time and like, oh, it's very exciting. This was as soon as I could and I got out of the rope and I kind of stared at him the whole time and like because it it sort of weirdly became personal, you know, uh, like yeah. He made it personal, and and I was not. People gonna do it. that, and it's yeah. it's so interesting how that happens. Um, I I don't really do uh, strength style stunts. Right. I I used to do phone book ripping in half. Sometimes I'll still do it here and there, um, but not really. Um, but I was busking at my home pitch, which I live in Kansas City, Missouri, but within the greater Kansas City area, there's a, a few different pitches that I used to work frequently. I don't work them as frequently now, um, not including the pandemic, but just in, in general, right. I have, I, I don't go to those pitches as often for various reasons. Um, but one of the pitches I frequented was in Lawrence, Kansas, and it's a college town, you know, mm-hmm. so you'd think college town drinking whatever but I actually didn't do all that bad on the um uh what are they called I'm trying to think first Fridays is in Kansas City final Fridays in Lawrence that's what it was final Fridays so art um all over Mass Street or Massachusetts Street is the the main street where all the cool things happen all the bars the clubs the um clubs they don't really have clubs uh (laughs) the venues to go see music that yeah, kind of, of stuff course. um but i would busk on that 
Mass Street and I was doing phone book and I had a small group of people, maybe about five people or something. And I was just going to end with phone book. It was just a late night and I was just tired and done. So I wasn't like I was going out of my way to present this stunt in a way that was personal to this human being, to this guy. I was just presenting it to finish it off, get the hat, go home. And the way I, I pass it around, let people look at it as one does, let other people try and tear it in half. I had this one gentleman who was there with his friends and I think his girlfriend, I don't know. They seem to have some relation. So I'm assuming it was girlfriend, but I passed it around. They, that whole group had a fun time trying to rip it in half. He was like, oh, I, I'm on the football team of um, the KU and blah, blah, blah. And um, he tried it, didn't, it didn't work out. And I did it and I did one, two, rip it and this everyone was like oh freaking out and thought it was cool he was stone cold silent you could already tell in his face that he was processing what happened and he was processing it in a way that he was taking it personally it was very upset and he basically the the bottom line of this of what happened is that he just called me a bitch and just said fuck you and he walked off and at that point, it's like, okay, now I still got to get that hat line in there <laughs> somehow. Right, like, right. how do I turn this around, get some money, and then go home? <laughs> and uh, just his aggression and how he kind of stepped towards me as he did it was very much of a, how dare you do this thing that I can't do? Individual that's right. also taller than me. I'm just 5'2". Right. Um, I'm, I'm at 5'6", so I, I guess yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got me beat. But it was, there are definitely people who see someone do a thing and they just assume that they're better than that person. So when you beat them at whatever thing that you presented to them, which I mean, I presented it to you. Clearly I'm presenting this to you because I'm going to do something with this thing. Um, And that's how I talked about it and presented the stunt. Um, It wasn't a... I'm singling you out. I let everyone have everyone right. who is there have a right. turn at the thing, but it does come a time that no matter how you are as entertainer in whatever aspect you're performing, there are going to be people who just don't like what you do because it's yeah, you. They're not going to like what you do. They're not going to like the way you did it. They're having a bad day or whatever. And it still is on us though, to turn the show around so that the individuals are still having fun, regardless how I felt by the individual getting in my face, call me a bitch, whatever. I don't care about that. I've had a couple of different times busking that things like that have happened. And now older, it's easier to brush it off. But um, in the end, I didn't get a good hat, but it wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't necessarily out of my wrongdoing. It was out of this individual kind of killing the vibe and the flow of everything. Me having a lack of lines to use in that moment to turn it around, to make people leave on a happier note. Um, But some shows are just going to like, something's going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) Something that's beyond your control. I mean, with you, it's a a one woman stunt show, but if you are doing it, like you said, with couples and duos, if mm-hmm. someone gets hurt, then then that's going to kill the vibe because no one likes to see a medical emergency, right? Like that's mm-hmm. going to kill a vibe. And it's like, I did my part just fine, you know, but like you're, you're part of a collective or yeah. I mean, there's, there, I mean, that's the thing. That's what's the, 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 the blessing and curse of, of sideshow mm-hmm. in general, right? Like every audience is going to be different. Every time you address the stunt, like there are certain nails that I've tried to bend and it's like, mm-hmm. they've gone like butter. Or they've gone the other way and and it may as well have been a wall you know and yeah <laughs> uh, and you know like uh my coach writer says yeah he says my you know like guy he worked with he's like you know he says i don't know why you guys mess with them nails because they could either have been made from an engine block or they could have been made from bb's like you just don't know huh. like when they remelt the metal like and i mean it was i never thought of that <laughs> but yeah i mean it's like not every nail is constructed the same way you know it's like oh. not every i mean in terms of parameters they have mm-hmm. to be within a certain thing, but they could be on the lighter end of that or the heavier end of that or the, mm-hmm. thicker or the you know. So, I mean, it's it's like everything we do, right? Like there's a there's an axe levering thing that I do mm-hmm. and and it and it all came together because I found something, and this is funny, and as a, you said five two, you're five foot two. Yes. And at five <laughs> foot six, I am like at four inches taller than the mm-hmm. axe, right? Uh, 
but I found that a child's axe has the right dimension for me to lower it to hmm. like the tip of my nose. Whereas like a, a larger axe, I would have to choke up on it. They make uh, axe for kids? <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm hoping that's the case. Otherwise, it's unfortunate <laughs> that it's an axe that you use on children, which I think is terrible. Um, yes. I, that. I, I imagine that I could, as we try not to speak for each other, I think both Martika and I <laughs> do not in any way, shape, or form condone the use of axes on children. Like that's yes. not, that is not PSA. part of what we're saying. PSA, right? <laughs> uh, but no, but it was like the, you know, it's, and I think, yeah, I'm not sure if they're they're made specifically for children or they just call it that that's what they call like the slightly shorter. The kitty size axe. The size. <laughs> yeah, so but it's been great and I've added weights to it. So it's not like mm-hmm. it's a significant thing. Um, I think I've it, seen it, that before. How are kids using that? <laughs> well, I mean, you think about, I mean, I'm sure, you know, back in the day, right? I mean, one of the children's chores was to go out and cut the firewood. And so, yeah, you know, and so like something more proportional to their size would be more efficient than trying to like pick up the, 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 the really big axe or, I mean, who knows, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, want to speak to the man making axes or lady or right. person in general who is making axes for kids. Or naming them. Uh, you know, or listen. even naming Because I mean, yeah. it could be something as, as innocuous as like the uh, the Starbucks coffee sizes. Like yeah. grande, venti. Like, Which I don't, don't know what those things mean. I just want a small, medium, or large. Like, can you, can we, can we work with the, the standard yeah. small, medium, large? Oh, you want a venti. It's like, I want a large. I feel like. Yeah. The people at Starbucks are just as frustrated with dealing with trying to pick the size for people as people trying to pick the sizes because they don't know. And yeah. the Starbucks people are really tired of explaining t- to people. Right. It's not a necessary <laughs> step. Let, let's just order a small, medium, or large. Like, understand <laughs> that that's one thing we, we don't have to be cutesy at. Like, yeah. right? we, we can make up all the, all the floofy, uh, fantastic, uh, sprinkled, magical coffee flavors you want and, and, <laughs> and, you yeah. know like whatever you want to do whatever concoctions and potions you want to make be clever there but leave the small medium and large just because that is, yeah. hot, hot take 2021 give us our small medium and large back right but you know like one thing like there, there are certain things that like like you sort of get one day like do you know what a frontage road is f-r-o-n-t-a-g-e a frontage road is basically the road that is like goes along the side of a highway or something of that nature. Oh, like, okay. And it's like, you'll see like a sign like, oh, frontage road, like this exit so that you can get to uh-huh. that road. For years, I always thought of frontage, like I was like, man, this road goes everywhere because there's always signs for frontage road. Like that was- <laughs> What this, is this, happening? Like that was the name of Broadway, like Broadway or that was some something similar in that regard. And it yeah, I would think the day. same thing. Sure, sure. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's there, there are certain- you know, mm-hmm. as we talk about the heavy stuff in terms of, of gatekeeping and we talk about oh yes so to okay. wrap up that kind of topic about yeah. we've talked so much about gatekeeping and stuff and just a, a quick tidbit about that topic in general is the reason we're discussing it because I feel there's a lot of individuals that want to be involved in the Sidro umbrella regardless what aspect of the umbrella that get hit with a wall that is protecting the craft. And I wanted to make sure that people fully understood what that means, that people are just so fucking passionate about their crafts. And they also, they don't want you to get hurt. If you're listening to this with the idea that I'm here to try and teach you stunts, that's not the point of this. And we're talking, if you haven't noticed, we're talking about performance theory. We're just talking about all the different people involved in this. I mean, I had no idea, but the, the details about stunt men competitions, the variety of it. But um, to go towards the next subject slash question I have, it's about how to introduce people to your fields, um, the strongman right. field. Right. Like if I were completely new to it, um, how could I be involved in it with keeping, protecting the craft and gatekeeping involved? And right. quick thing, just to add some more context, for people listening, when I first was getting into the sideshow world, I was predominantly self-taught, which is not what you should be doing, but I didn't know any better because I didn't know anyone to not know not to do that. <laughs> so sure. I was teaching myself 
glass walking blockhead the beginner things that people tend to do fire the, eating gate, don't do that gateway drugs of uh, a <laughs> sideshow is, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and blockhead yeah exactly and and i'm not at all advocating that you do this at home and this is not me saying i did it therefore you could do it this is me saying i did it because i didn't know any better and i didn't have a proper outlet to do so but when i tried to reach out to find the proper outlets and to to reach out to quotations whatever the community the people involved I only knew how to do that through social media and I'm in my I'm like what was I god I was like 20 19 or something of course I'm not gonna know how to interact with random people online I've never talked to before so uh I this next thing we're going to talk about is how to introduce strongmen um people to strong people into that community, into that mindset, because I hope to give a little bit of a roadmap for individuals to one, not make mistakes like I did. Like, even though I'm really passionate about what I do, you still have to be respectful. You have still have to be respectful for the people you're reaching out to. You have to be respectful of their time. You have to be respectful of the community, the questions you're asking the community, how you are interacting with the community. And I'm not necessarily saying that I did everything wrong. I'm just saying that these are things that I learned along the ways that some things I did right automatically because I do respect people. If anyone is willing to talk to me, I fucking respect you. (laughs) But, but these are, and um, as well, if you don't mind wrapping in this question of what are some words of wisdom to a younger you along the lines of, again, how do we introduce strong people to this field? So, so yeah, I mean, my, my involvement in getting involved with uh, the strength work in general uh-huh. was like, I saw someone do it and I wanted to do that thing. You know, I wanted to learn how to do that thing. Um, and my, my take on it was like, if I'm able to do that, then that'll add to skill sets that I have. Um, what I was not anticipating is uh-huh. how much more it, it meant to me, right? And how it, it uh, in, in terms of like, like you learn, it's like, I mean, the way I came about Sideshow in general was I was hosting shows. I was a, you know, snappy comeback, you know, like always liked the shows where it was like, so we're about to see this. You Uh just saw this. We're having a good time. Everyone had a good time. Thank you and good night. Tip your, tip your performance. You know, like those are the, those are the slick, everything works, you know, kind of Uh shows. But I thought I might need to have a few things in my bag of tricks in case someone's costume malfunctioned or, um, or, Uh Um, oh. <laughs> um, if someone's costume doesn't do what it's supposed to do or if something or if the music doesn't start you know like I needed to have things at the ready so I thought you know like I even went into you know a couple of magic stores like what are some very simple tricks that I could like pull out of my coat pocket and do the thing you know just to enhance that experience but then mm-hmm. once I started getting involved in strength work it became a matter of like I'm stronger than I was yesterday I'm competing with myself I'm mm-hmm. working on on me. And then there were things that it's like, I can't do this, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Right? And that dot, yeah. dot, dot, yet is a powerful thing. Yeah. Uh, to borrow the vernacular of this chat, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> powerful. But, um, but the, the notion of doing that and becoming physically stronger and then in, in weird ways, mentally stronger. And like, you know, like, I don't think, and for example, there would, there, I would be at the level I am in sword swallowing. Mm-hmm. Which is not, which is not super far. Like, I mean, I, I mean, both literally, I can't quite get it all the way down, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm farther than I was. You know, yeah. and there was that moment in Harley's presence, which was super cool. That mm-hmm. uh, we were, you know, we were both in a, um, in the Something Strange Festival in Toronto, and I drove it up with him. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, having a sort of a, a, a refresher lesson. And oh, a sword. that'd be so was, much fun—a road yeah. trip with Harley Newman. It was very interesting. <laughs> um, but all of a sudden, a sword dropped, and it was like. Well, yeah, who's going to sleep ever because I was so excited, but like all those things that like the mm-hmm. thing that I would want younger me to know yes, is that it's, it's a matter of, you know, you don't have all the answers mm-hmm. and, and in the same way that there's never been a child prodigy in philosophy, mm-hmm. there's, been, there's been prodigies in music, there's been, you know, prodigies in, and, uh-huh. you know, majority of other fields. You gotta, you gotta live through some things, and you gotta go through some things. Yes. And then that's the thing that you're going to bring, you know, the other acts and all that. Like, I mean, you and I can both lay on a bed of nails mm-hmm. and have someone stand on us, but it's going to translate mm-hmm. in a very, even if our pattern is exactly the same, mm-hmm. people are going to have very different reactions based on 
who we are, yeah. right? And it's your level of experience in the world, not like experience on that particular apparatus. It's like your range of experience in the world, my mm-hmm. range of experience in the world, our experiences and what we present, how we present ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then the, the props and all the things that we use are, are, are merely just that, like they're props to tell our story. Mm-hmm. And I think having a sense of that, like what is the story you're telling you'll gravitate towards certain props. You'll gravitate towards certain things, you know, like, mm-hmm. like I'm, I, you know, like I, I, I have a rhythm deficiency. So like hula hoop is, is likely something I will never pick up to use mm-hmm. in any kind of show experience because it just doesn't fit, doesn't fit my, you know, yeah, my, you know, kind of thing. But, but then again, I didn't think sword swallowing was going to fit my thing until all of a sudden it's starting to, and I'm getting ideas on how to present it or, yeah. Um, there's, you know, um, I, so I, I think, you know, mm-hmm. inspiration for the acts, if it, if, if it's coming from within, it's going to be truer if it, and, and what you're trying, the, the you you're trying to present mm-hmm. it, it is, is like, you know, I mean, you've got all the, all the time to research it because you kind mm-hmm. of leave it yourself, right? Yeah. I mean, you, I don't, I don't want to be the next Houdini, right? Yeah. I mean, because. There's Houdini. so many people doing that already. Right. <laughs> also, Houdini was, was pretty good at being Houdini, so no one needs to be mm-hmm. Houdini again, right? Like, yeah. you know, that 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 ship has sailed. Uh, but, you know, can somebody be like a, a really funny escape artist and make that work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, uh, like sort of had the personality of, uh, oh, uh, is it Roberto Benini, the sort of like very frenetic Italian actor, you know, like, uh, and, uh, but anyway, like having this like, mm-hmm you know, kind of thing where it's like, you're running on the, like the one that ran over this, like climbed over the seat to the Oscars. Right. Yeah. And I would love to see that kind of energy and someone doing escape stuff and not presenting it as like this holy thing. It would be, mm-hmm. it would be, it would be wonderful to see, but, um, but like, you know, to thine own self be true. Like if you know yourself yeah. and if you are, everything you learn becomes a, a another way of, of expressing yourself or defining mm-hmm. yourself, then, then they act as going to appear the act right the one woman stunt show as a show mm-hmm. is going to appear more genuine because you are speaking truthfully yes that's the most important thing i feel like people uh forget is that why spend so much effort and time trying to build a character when you haven't even fully understood yourself and who or, you or, are right. as an or something so foreign to who you are like you know like I'm the crazy sideshow person. And it's like, it's not. like, you know, like just relax. You don't need to have, like people are, are going to be, are going to yeah. see it. They're going to see that through that facade. You know? Yeah. Building a character is so hard through classes I've taken with Abner. I've taken um, miming classes. I've, I started doing improv and comedy and oh my gosh, improv, trying to build a character on the spot and completely evoke that character from the walk to the talk to the mannerisms. Oh my right. gosh, it is exhausting. Oh, this yeah. is why I don't do characters in my show. <laughs> right. And, and, and honestly, in the time that I've known you, mm-hmm. uh, it's like you're, you're, and I, and I, and I mean this in a great way, in a very positive way, like mm-hmm. you're very enough, like you, you got, you know, you've got interesting things to say and you've got interesting mm-hmm. ways of doing things and you've got uh, a presence that, that you know, people mm-hmm. gravitate towards like so that you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to generate something that's sort of already there. I think it's just a matter of accentuating mm-hmm. it, right? And uh, it takes time to kind of develop that understanding of when do you want to be a character on stage and when do you don't want to be a character? And I feel like with my personality, it just works so well for me to not be someone that's not me because I won't be authentic on stage. You right, just, right. people can see that and they're like, mm, and other right. entertainers, that's like my, my biggest thing that makes me anxious anxious on stage is when there's other entertainers in the audience. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if my scripting is good and they're probably going to read through everything I'm doing. <laughs> Right. Well, and, and sometimes like I, you know, it's like, I love driving. I have a stick shift. I love driving. Yeah. But man, do I love being a passenger too, right? Like, yeah. you know, like if I so go to somebody to else's relax. show. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. If I go to someone's show, like I know how some of the things are done. Uh-huh. And I know, I know the, the skill level involved with this beat mm-hmm. or the skill level involved with that beat and which ones are, like I referred to the gateway beats versus something like, oh, well, that's okay. That's a different yeah. thing or a different yeah. take. And, and, you know, the, you know, like as, as somebody in 
you know, in the game, you recognize things uh-huh. um, that, and like sometimes favorites of the people in the game are not the favorites of the people that are outside the game. And, yeah, yeah, that is, that is definitely but, true. I, but, yeah. mm-hmm, I love to ask people after I do a show, um, when I was able to get that close to people and have right. the conversation, I love to ask them, what was your favorite part of the show? I ask people of all walks of life sure. from all over. I've so lucky I was able to travel to New Zealand before everything yeah. started last uh, year and be able to ask people this question. And a lot of the times people really like the barbed wire hula hooping, the fire breathing and the sword swallowing. And the other little thing that I didn't think people were going to be that adverse to was mousetrap. <laughs> so yeah. the small little mousetrap that always gets people. That's one of the, well, the top it's, it's things. The thing that, it's the thing they relate yeah no matter where I go people are like that mousetrap like when you pulled it out at first I wasn't certain what it was and then once you start snapping it and then when I saw it on your tongue I was like nope but that's like what it's so small but it's so impactful in a show that I just think uh, it's no so pun intended right it's definitely yeah. impactful. <laughs> I didn't but, think but, of that yeah yeah but yeah and it's <laughs> and again it's it's like the I mean you know we've talked a few different ways of like how we relate to an audience mm-hmm and what's relatable but i think it's it's basically making those things that they already understand yeah or that they that they that they see sort of fantastic and yeah and, and it goes a long way in changing their general outlook to the world that they're in mm-hmm. like i i taught my my you know not so much being a rabbi but then i thought i was going to be a college professor uh-huh. in, in art right i have an art degree oh going down that route uh-huh. uh, down that road uh, but then like one of the assignments that I would give, you know, in my TA days, that sort of thing was I would have somebody uh, take apart a chair, like take a, take apart a chair to all its components and remake something with all the pieces. Oh, interesting. So that it was something where you re-looked at, you know, like looked at the, yeah. the, 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 at the thing as a, as a series of parts, as opposed to, as opposed to like, oh, it's a chair. What else can you make from it? Or what else can you, like somebody actually like made a chess set you know, like mm-hmm. they took the seat and then they cut all the legs down and, and they oh, made it. That's so interesting. Which is very cool, right? Yeah. Or, um, you know, um, but there's, there's, if you, I mean, all, you know, art is supposed to be or, or can be transformative. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you, your life has taken a small detour after encountering or interacting with a piece of artwork. You, you see the world differently than you did before you experienced that piece of artwork. Yeah, uh, or that show or that that art experience, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, coming from shows like ours and strength stuff, those that are wanting to get into it, it's like mm-hmm. you're going to inspire somebody in ways that you wouldn't necessarily have imagined. Yeah. Someone sees you bend this thing and they're like, I wonder if I could do that. And even the seedling of an idea of like, maybe I could do that, you know, mm-hmm. and then they seek it out and all of a sudden they're bending stuff, you know? And then, yeah. And then that sort of grows that way or, or mm-hmm. the idea of like, wow, they were really kind and they were really funny. And mm-hmm. like, I, I enjoyed this kind of thing. And so they, they, they start meeting people in that. I mean, we, we, could, we could have a whole other discussion about yeah. like ways that people may or may not have been inspired. Or, but yeah. but I, think they, I think finding art and being forever changed by it, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's, that's what our, our purpose is. Like we want to give people an experience that they wouldn't normally have so yes. whether it's whether it's like working the banner line of, mm-hmm. a, of an old school sideshow it's mm-hmm. still in essence by you know sort of a, an extrapolation of definition it's a sideshow it's not it's not another episode of some hit show that's on netflix mm-hmm. what you're seeing is people doing unconventional things or you're doing with with conventional things yeah. like a phone book you managed to rip a phone book in front of a, of mm-hmm. a group of people and they were amazed by it mm-hmm. you know well there's nothing that amazing about a phone book <laughs> they probably would be amazed that you have a phone book <laughs> nowadays exactly. it's hard to find <laughs> but like rolling a frying pan or or ripping a deck of cards or any of those things or yeah you know or like even chewing on a, a light bulb or laying mm-hmm. on nails and then having you know one two five people stand on you or yeah. walk across you or or having I would do the I, I haven't done this in a while but like where I would put a plate on my on like the sternum mm-hmm. and I would have someone drop a, a bowling ball oh yes yes 
you know, great mm-hmm. state and, and to sort of show like that, like it's, you know, like you can put pressure on me and I'm, I'm painproof, right? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and there's, there's ideas that I have and other things that I want to do along those lines. But again, like we're doing extraordinary, extraordinary things with more often than not things that are kind of ordinary. Mm-hmm. Taking a light bulb and making it extraordinary. Exactly. Nails, kind of a beautiful thing, but it's just wood and nails. Like they can see that. Yeah. And yet somehow something really transformative happens or, mm-hmm. or a, a bolt that they could get at their home depot or Lowe's or not to endorse those two hardware stores or any other, yeah. <laughs> but that you could get this. Unless they give me a sponsorship. Hey, hey, <laughs> I right. Although I'm, I'm not sure I would be the best role model. Like, Hey, let me go ahead and take your products and then like bend them at yeah. my door. It doesn't really imply strength of their products. Maybe right. But can uh, play it a certain way. Right. I don't know. <laughs> right. I mean, coach Chris did a, a TikTok video. Chris Ryder did it. It's funny thing where mm-hmm. he sort of went to return a hammer because it didn't work. Oh. Um, and he and he bent the hammer and walked. He's like, yeah, this is, this is weird. And the guy was like, uh, Oh my god! In the video, he, yeah, he wasn't really trying to return the hammer. But it was no, they would. I I can just imagine the faces. I need to find that and watch that. Yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can drag it down for you. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, it's like those type of things. Like we're we're making we're making the and like you know in terms of it's like if you are a fan of the extraordinary, mm-hmm. as most of us are. Mm-hmm. and and you know the younger self it's like there's a place for you in in making it, right if you're a fan of it and you can also create it yeah and whether it's like strength heavy whether it's you know feet heavy in terms of, of mm-hmm. like, you know traditional sideshow feet or whether it's dance or whether it's it's burlesque or whether it's song or things of that nature mm-hmm. like get after it go for it yeah you know so I mean, Oh, sorry to interrupt you. No, yeah, that that was sort of the, I was trailing off there. (laughs) You're fine. So we've almost been talking for two hours. I want to go ahead and wrap it up a little bit. Um, I'm not certain if this will be a a two-parter episode or a one-parter since we're at two hours. I may chop it up. So we'll do like 60 minutes, 60 minutes, or like 45 minutes or something like that. Um, But to tie things up, um, so... um, there's so much that we talked about and to, to basically, to, to put less words to what you're saying, you know, be true to yourself as an entertainer. If you're new to it, I'm, when I'm thinking new, I'm thinking like five years and under new to the field of the, or the sideshow umbrella. Um, And some of the things that we were talking about, um, be true to yourself. You know, there's so much that you can provide to the community. Maybe you're still learning a lot, but just take everything in like a sponge. Listen to people around you. Be respectful of them. Be respectful of their time when you're Absolutely. entering the community, entering the fields. You know, um, understand that. And there's something that took me some time to understand and also learn the difference between protecting the craft and gatekeeping and just right. stick with it. And that was my thing yeah. is that despite me being however many years I was in, just despite the the guy that hates millennials, which it's <laughs> a, an ongoing trend is pretty overrated just because there's so much that we can gain from each other. And I right. think it's just a wall that we're putting up that's un, unnecessary. Um, uh, understand that they are coming from an area of they deep down love what they do and they don't want it to be soiled in a way right. that someone is going to use it and in a, in a way that devalues the craft and that's the reason behind it and there are differences between gatekeeping and protecting the craft and it's going to take a little bit of you just doing it and understanding those experiences despite the experiences we talked about what those experiences mean to you and the people you interact with but we're slowly going to wrap some things up now there's so much i mean i think i think the the very (laughs) standing in one foot version of all that is like Uh you got to talk to a lot of people to find your voice that right. is also true. Yes, that is so true. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you, can, you can say what you want at the beginning of the things, but, but you really just got to talk to a lot of people. And then through that process, you'll, you'll find your voice. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's an informed voice at that point. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. And, um, oh gosh, there's so much that we covered. It's so hard to, to wrap everything up in a, in the right, perfect way. So is there anything else that you would like to talk about and bring up, um, anything um, well, we haven't think, talked about yet? I think if you're interested in this, like if you found this podcast and you're interested in sideshow and things in general, uh-huh. there are, there are, you know, there's, uh, there's, um, like more than likely somebody in your area that is also interested or there's somebody mm-hmm. who's performing or shows that are coming through like support it go out and support the you know the live arts and and go to shows I mean, oh, yes. they'll, be, they'll be thrilled to have you and you'll be you'll be thrilled to see them you know that's it's like, so oh, yeah. yes that's i'm sorry for interrupting but i got like super excited i'm throwing my hands in the air you, can, yeah. you guys can't see me i'm like oh freaking out but that's so important that people forget and there's people who post about it online come to the shows you got to see the shows some people think people are just doing it to put butts in the seats and then make money but a lot of people are also doing that and expressing it to the community because there's so much that you can learn from people who are more experienced than you you are also supporting your community and in turn your community will support you when you take time on stage but you there's so much potential that you can get out of going to the shows you can volunteer if you're in a bar environment you can volunteer to be um uh, a stage hand basically is what it is you can there's even times where entertainers just need someone to run their merch booth assuming that you're a trustworthy person which is a whole other story and i'm not going to go into any of that but (laughs) there are ways that you can be involved that's not on stage it's very helpful to people you can volunteer and volunteer mm-hmm. and like interact directly with performers and and don't try to take over the show just enjoy the fact that you're part of the show yeah and that's enjoy actually the fact- i met harley i met harley mm-hmm. and he's a volunteer oh that's a whole other story which i'll tell you sometime but. yes we yeah we've talked about so much we can yeah, we, yeah. i have a feeling we'll definitely talk again <laughs> so one more question that may yeah take a while to explain. And maybe when we talk again, you'll have some more depth to this. Where do you see the sideshow umbrella? So there's so much within that umbrella going in the next five years. So in 2026, where do you think, or how do you see things evolving? And you can talk about anything from, if you think there's still going to be traveling shows, I think we're still going to have traveling shows. I think Um, so. I think think there's going to be much more of a virtual component though. I think that that's, Mm -hmm. That's not going to go away. I think that um, you know there's going mm-hmm. to be um, you know like the opportunity exists now where it's like your your favorite troupe or your favorite group mm-hmm. or your favorite one woman stunt show is going to be in in Canada and you really mm-hmm. do want to see that show. Then there might be something where part of the show is is there's a paywall for that. Like mm-hmm. you can't be at the venue, but you'd really like to see that show, right? Like yeah. that. I can see that particularly with cameras and, and cell phones and things becoming such high quality, like higher oh, quality yeah. all the time, mm-hmm. that simulcasting shows and things of that nature will, will be a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I see that the, the uh, social media is a huge opportunity, you know, TikTok and- Oh and my gosh, yes. And all that, like all those things, I, I don't see that going away either. Um, yes. But I also see, I also see that there will be traveling shows and then there's going to be in in the after times when we can go out again like mm-hmm. atmosphere is going to be important and and mm-hmm. uh, going into a a show and feeling that that adrenaline of like 30 40 100 whatever it is other people like mm-hmm. when they when they see the sword go up and before it drops there's a you know, like, no, they're not going to do that. Or the mousetrap yeah. is close yeah. to the face and you're like, ooh, I, you know, like mm-hmm. that, that, no matter how good a show it is online, no matter how, mm-hmm. like, it's like, it's like watching a horror movie by yourself. Like, whoa, yeah. you're in the room and nobody, nobody's there. It's yeah. Like, you don't have that same, commu- that, that same communal aspect of that, mm-hmm. that aspect. So I think, I think people are going to recognize that. And it's, and it, it you know, I mean, my, my uncle asked me one time, he's like, oh, are you still doing the side show and the rest stuff? And I said, yeah. <laughs> like, and, and I was, and I was like, he's like, was there any money in that? And I'm like, yeah, there are times where I make tens of dollars. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like, what do you, what do you want? Uh, like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I do it because I love it. I, yeah. I don't do it because I'm going to get rich at it. And so I think that people are still going to love it, but on, on either side of the curtain, they're going mm-hmm. to love it. And, uh, and so like, it's going to always be 
it's going to always have a place, whether it's like a niche type thing or it gets bigger. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's like breath that expands. But I, I think I think we'll still be, you know, I think in five years we'll be asking where this is all going to be in five years. Like I think it's always going to be changing and, yes. and morphing into something else. And mm-hmm. uh, and I think you know I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. And yeah. I and I'm being a part of part of it, whatever it is. So yeah. That's, that's what I see. I think that's so great to uh, be able to talk to someone that has a, a positive outlook. I feel like there are people in the community, a lot of the old hats that aren't optimistic about where things are going. They, they, are, they are stuck in the more traditional mindset and thinking that, and that's also why I kind of talked and a little elaborated on what I mean by sideshow entertainers versus variety and variety entertainers inspired right. by sideshow type of thing, because a lot of people consider the traditional sideshow is dead or dying, depending on right. who you talk to. And yes, the traditional mindset of it is, but that doesn't mean that sideshow is forever gone. You know, it's just evolving. Right. And right. we get to choose uh, as a community, quotations, whatever, or as individuals, what we want to do with that change, how we want to direct that change with our own shows, with us as entertainers. There are people who want to uphold the traditional aspect of it and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think we should keep doing that. Um, I think that we should also leave room to be more accepting and more inviting and more welcoming of innovative entertainers like you and I, because without that leather level of togetherness, then we're just going to fizzle apart and break apart and we won't have that sense of community and we won't be able to innovate as well. And the newer folks are going to be disconnected with the history and their living legends who I, there's so many, I want to, I'm rubbing my fingers together. So I'm so excited of the people that I'm, I'm hoping I can interview here down the line um, because there's so much knowledge and overall wrapping things up when it, on the subject of the next five years, and kind of talking about the past and the next five years and kind of bring it together to the present. And the purpose of this podcast is I'm hoping that it will, it can be some type of level ground, neutral area to some degree that people can talk and we can build that, that community type feeling a little bit more so we can all grow from it because there's so much that we can, gosh, I mean, there's so many old hats I would love to see doing virtual shows online and maybe they just need someone to help them a little bit to show them how some zoom works or something like it. Right. Right. Or sure, hit me up. I, mean, I have like, no problem helping people with yeah, that. Creative, <laughs> like, even if the, even if the, the stage changes, people are going to find ways of making that stage interesting. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, but I, I think the other, the other caveat to the, the old hats, as you mentioned, is that they have spent a number of years sort of forging this path and sort of figuring out how to make it work. And then particularly now it's like, it's devastating when all of a sudden oh, yeah. they make me work. Yeah. It's like oh taken God. from them for, yeah. for no fault of their own. It wasn't like a bad, bad business decision here. It was yeah. like the world shut down. Like, and yeah. no one prepares for that. You know? So that, that, it mm-hmm. takes a while to get, get over the hurt of that and the unfairness of it. And then like, Oh, definitely. That's okay, a whole. Dust off and, and go after. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation too yeah. that, I mean, oh gosh, we're almost about to start a whole new, <laughs> right. this yeah. is going to be part well, three. I'll be our next, uh, next uh, interview. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So oh, there's so much that we talked about and to wrap things up, you know, some, some hot takes to take out of it is be true to yourself. Be respectful of the people around you in the community and your elders. Learn your history of the people around you. You know, there's a way to go about entering this field. We try to talk about it here and there in a variety of different ways. Um, Rather, if you're a strong person and regardless if you're in the the sideshow umbrella in general, um, we've we've talked about our own personal experiences. We've talked about the the differences of competitions, the different kinds of competitions. the differences between showmen, show people in general versus people who do competitions. There's so much that we covered in here. We did. No, it was great. <laughs> so I'm lastly, it was, it was a lovely conversation. Yes. I am so happy that I decided to do this because I am so happy that I get to have these awesome conversations and then be able to put them in, out in the world. And I hope people will be able to take something from it, even if it's just one thing that 
they don't like <laughs> the podcast if that's right. what you or, take or, out or, of it. Well, yeah. you got something out of it. So <laughs> or, or they, they, they hear something in a, in a way it's like learning fractions. Like you don't get yeah. it, you don't get it. And someone's like, no, no, no. You have two M&Ms and I'm taking <laughs> one of them. I now have half the M&Ms and all of a sudden it, it, bing, they, they get it. Yeah. Right? Like if they, if they hear something in a way that they haven't thought about it or heard it and it, then that's a success. Yeah. yeah. We talked about the different kinds of performance theory. We talked about how to even apply that into a show. Um, uh, so are there any shout outs, anything that we should know about you coming up, any social um, accounts that you would like to drop? Yeah, I mean, if you, if you uh, want to see my, my uh, um, goofy, I guess, take or my interesting take on Sideshow and Strength mm-hmm. uh, Hot Todd Lincoln, I generally have been posting these, uh, what I refer to as the COVID-19 capers. Uh, and that's, uh, that's been a series of like the black and white uh, videos that that uh, that were supposed to only about be two weeks worth, and now I've done 115 of them. Uh, <laughs> so you can certainly check that out. Um, and uh, that's the main one. That's that's the easiest way yes. to find Hot Todd Lincoln on on the Instagrams. And uh, uh, but then you know, um, and hopefully coming soon to a screen or or you know even better stage near you at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. And I will put your socials in the description of the podcast and everything. So people will be able to find that. Um, if there's any other things that I can think of that I'll add in there that we talked about, um, like maybe some videos we talked about that you can go sure. peruse on social media and see for yourself. Um, my email will also be included. So if there's questions that pop up over the podcast, um, if you have people you think I should interview, you can always send me an email at Martika, excuse me, Martika at the And that's spelled M-A-R-T-I-K-A, but I'll have all of that written out. So, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Thank you. No, like I said, this has been, <laughs> not only was it a pleasure as far as the things we discussed, but it's always good to interact with you. I mean, we don't, we don't do that nearly enough. So, so thank yes. you for reaching out and, uh, and uh, I look forward to it again sometime.